What is up, everybody? I hope y'all are having a phenomenal, phenomenal day. My name is Colton Trout. I'm the founder and CEO of the Today's Today community, here to help you crush your goals more consistently by crushing them on a daily basis. If you like the sound of that, make sure to smash that subscribe button. Go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening to this podcast, or go on and hop over to Apple uh, iTunes podcast and leave a five-star review there. Um, we just got 31 reviews. Uh, I think this is our 80th, if not our 81st episode here on the Today's Today podcast, which we are very, very excited about. Uh, and I am here with Hillary Graham. And Hillary, why don't you go on and introduce yourself? Because you do some amazing things, some really transformative things. And I'm really excited about what we're talking about today. Hey, so in a nutshell, we can stop the podcast after I say this, but basically my program, Higher Up Texas, <laughs> Young People How to Adult. Boom. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> It's one of those things, though, I feel like, so I don't know if you know this about me. I'm only 23 years old. Man, and you got so, it together. Yeah, thank you. But it's like one of those things, like growing up in high school uh, and, and just in education in general, nobody told me how to adult. Nobody taught me about some of the topics that we're going to talk about today. I had to figure out the, that the hard way. And some of them, to be completely honest, like I didn't do until this last year. Um, so the fact that you've taken this mission to actually go help these students learn how to almost become like their local geological hero, which is something we talk about in the Today's Today community within our coaching um, is really powerful. And I'm really excited to hear how you do that and then the transformation that you've been creating with them. Um, so for those that don't know what it means to be an adult, <laughs> why don't you tell them some of the areas that you help these students in? So sometimes you just kind of do things because you've, your parents have done them, your friends have done them, your family has always done it. You don't question it. You just do it because it's what you know. It's familiar. Stretching out of your comfort zone is awkward, uncomfortable, hard, but it's also full of magic. And there's so much that you can learn and do better and improve your life, but have a ripple effect to impact those around you because you are a role model yourself. You have siblings, you have friends. You may even have older family members, cousins who are looking at you like, wow, that's the, that's the cousin who made it. She went, she got her certification. She went to college, blah, blah, blah. But that comes from somewhere that, you know, society expects you when you turn 18 to know how to vote, how to manage your finances, not to mess up your credit, <laughs> how to, you know, how to have a side hustle. If you're low on your, your finances, you may have to get a second job, but nobody teaches you these things. This is just kind of things, you know, the school of hard knocks teaches you, you know, we get into debt. How many of us have opened up a credit card because you got a free t-shirt or you got the 15% off coupon? Everybody. <laughs> I didn't get a free t-shirt when I opened up my first credit card. Now I feel jacked. <laughs> but when you open up that first credit card, when, you know, people are like, hey, you know, open this up. You feel like, oh, I'm empowered. I have credit. Well, if you don't know how to use that credit and you have a 30% interest rate and you're paying an annual fee, wow, that's terrible. <laughs> you're, and if you don't know how to pay off that bill every month, wow, you're paying so much money for that free t-shirt or that 15% off coupon. So we are teaching young people how to manage their finances, how to start fresh, how to ask the questions now before you get into debt and you have the real life consequences. We're teaching students how to engage civically at a local level. Um, being in Dickinson, our students, you know, 
the daily the, the daily decisions made at the local government level do impact them and their families more often than they think. So we're teaching them, you need to vote. If you have questions, you can ask. These are people that are um, uh, easy to work with. You, they want to help you. You're their constituents and they will answer your questions. Advocate for yourself, but your community as well. We teach students about culture, cultural awareness. If someone looks different than you, don't cross the street because you're afraid. Understand where that comes from. Um, we teach them, we, we tell them all about, you know, it's important to go beyond what your comfort zone is. We teach them about social responsibility. Um, in fact, we've adopted 517 uh, in front of our high school and we clean it several times a year. Um, and there's a, you know, you may think that's not a big deal picking up trash, but you know, if an area is clean, people aren't gonna continue to trash it. They'll think, well, I'm not gonna throw my trash there. Over there looks kind of gross. I'll, I'll dump it there instead, but I'm not gonna mess with that. So we're trying to cultivate this awareness that this is your community and you have the power to, to make it a little bit better for yourself. Um, we teach about future finances, how to buy a house, how to make that large purchase like a car, um, when you need appliances for your home, how to purchase those, um, how to save for retirement, how to purchase stocks and make investments. And then we discuss a lot about mental health because yes, you can know all these tools, but if you're not feeling well inside, the other things don't matter. So we learn about being aware about what's going on here and advocating for ourselves, going for therapy if you need it, talking to somebody. And then we close up our school year with entrepreneurialism, that side hustle, how to make money when you have a great idea, how to um, think outside the box. I mean, you know it with, with trap, um, Paradise Tropical Wines, it's hard, but boy, there's huge payoff. So we want our students to think at an early age, I do have a cool idea and I think I can make some money doing this. And that doesn't mean I have to, I don't necessarily have to go to a four-year college or it, we are trying to teach them that there are many ways to success and satisfaction. I absolutely love that. And one thing I hope too, this program eventually will go like globally or at least nationwide. We hope so. Because, well, I mean, so like what you just said, the importance of teaching seniors on how to understand their own personal finances how to understand finances in the form of retirement. Um, that's not something people understand. I mean, even going through like a four-year college or having parents that are financially literate still don't understand. I mean, my parents are brilliant. They understand finances. They understand credit, the whole nine yards, right? But growing up, that wasn't really ever portrayed to us or taught to us, I think, in the proper way that would have actually allowed us to understand our finances once we moved out of the house. Uh, like credit, like, hey, you should go open up a Roth IRA. You should go open up a retirement account and just put like 50 bucks away a month or 100 bucks away a month. Because by the time that you're ready to retire, you've now got millions of dollars and you've only had to put away $100 a month. Mm -hmm. Versus like waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And now you need to put $10,000 away a month or $1,000 away a month. And you're like, how am I going to do that? Right? So yeah. I think that is absolutely amazing that you're teaching financial literacy, um, both on the personal side and the retirement side. And then you're going full circle. You know, you're working with mental health. Um, I'm currently reading this book called The Permission to Feel. Um, I don't know if you've read that one. That's a phenomenal read. I highly, highly suggest. Uh, it's about this um, doctor that 
almost went into schools per se and wanted to teach students how to understand their emotions uh, and then realize, hey, we can teach the students, but the teachers are also still really messed up and uh, need to understand how to understand their own um, emotions. And then it got even broader and was like, holy crap, no one knows how to understand their emotions anymore. We need to do more education on that. And then they created this book. And it's it, so far, it's been a phenomenal read. Uh, it's got a lot of um, I'm a very technical person as well as visionary. So when somebody can say, hey, here's the evidence behind it here, the numbers behind it on top of here, the emotions behind it, it's like I'm laser being focused into it. So a little side plug into that book. But I love that you go full circle with these students. Um, and I just want to reiterate this as well as you're literally creating local heroes within the within the community. Yeah. And what what's a big piece is that, you know, when students graduate high school, okay, mm -hmm. to when you're 18, you know, yeah. society expects you to know all these things. You're supposed to be a good person, have the heart of gold, and just be contributing back into society. If you're not taught those things, there's going to be a deficiency. If your family doesn't have those skills, there's going to be a deficiency. Well, okay, so Higher Up Texas completes that. But then they graduate high school. We are not done with them. We continue. The students move into our phase two program and they can choose that because our fate, the in-school program is in school. They have to be there, right? But it's phase two is when they make the choice to be with us. And um, these students, they needed this program so bad this year with COVID. Many of them were first time going away to college. Their families had never gone before. There was no experience. They needed a lot of help. And again, mental health was the big thing that a lot of them challenged with. Um, so these students that continued in our program, they are, you know, their path to success is not this. It's, you know, they're making their successful path. It's, yeah, it's the There's path so of an entrepreneur around. almost. It's the, yes. oh, we think it's going to be like a rocket ship ship up or like a roller coaster up uh but then it's like okay this roller coaster just went left right up and diagonal all at the exact same time and I don't know how it did that <laughs> yes yes yeah. and the students they think okay I made it to college I mm. broke this cycle in my my family life that's great and then when they come back home because a lot of students were like you know I'm getting into debt and I'm sitting in a dorm room doing virtual classes. That's not for me. And so they were, you know, they were very brave to make that choice of I'm going to come back home and attend the local college and still put, you know, put deposits into my bank account of goals, but I'm doing it a little differently. And they were embarrassed to tell me that. And I said, no, I'd rather you do that and know what's best for you and still continue towards your goal. Cause you could have just said, forget it. I'm not doing anything. I'm staying home. And they are, they're, they're, they're carving out their own paths. And so in our phase two program, we all meet on Zoom once a month. We had Sunday night dinner the other day and um, they all share, you know, I think everybody has probably failed one class. <laughs> That's common. And I said, one person will say, I'm really embarrassed. I failed a class. I said, I think almost everybody on this call can raise their hand that they failed. I failed money my first semester. And um, it just kind of makes them feel engaged and that they're all experiencing the same um, trouble and, but they're together. So they're not alone. 
Yeah, I love that. I love that you've created this community around it. That's almost, it feels like a family kind of sense. Mm -hmm. And I think the movements and the communities that do really well have mastered that and have created that and had it almost at like one of their core values. And I know that's something that you teach your students as well. Um, so I want to let you talk a couple of minutes on how do you work with your students on finding their core values? Because I think that's something that doesn't just translate into their college or into their career, but I mean, it translates into every single thing that they do. And as entrepreneurs, especially people that are listening to this podcast, we're focused on crushing our goals on a more consistent basis. And one of the best ways that we can do that is understanding and becoming very aware of our core values and then not wavering from those core values because that represents us to our clients. It represents us to our social media. It represents us to our friends. Um, and if we can portray that to people properly, then it can result in massive success on a faster timetable. But that only happens if we actually understand our core values and we have core values and know our core values. So I want to let you talk about that for a minute. So it's funny, the core values, they are essential for everything we do, like you said. <clears throat> and, you know, you can portray that you, yes, I'm an honest person, but then you're stealing once you turn off the social media, you're not an honest person. So we teach them, it is so important. Actually, the name higher up is an acronym for the core values. Honesty, integrity, grit, hopefulness, eagerness, and readiness. And when we all have them in place, we are, we're going to move up. So that's the name higher up. Um, so we start each month with a core value. So, you know, the first month of the school year, we talk about honesty. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't lie if you don't know something. Say, I don't know. People want to help you. But when you lie you and aren't honest with your first, with yourself, um, that translates to your relationships and to just how people perceive you. And that's really hard to come back from. Integrity, we teach that during um, civic engagement month. And um, that one's a big one because I try to teach them. I say, you see the piece of trash laying on the ground, right? And it's a, it's a tripping hazard. Do you walk around it or do you pick it up? You need to think about that. If you're, you know, saying I do all these great service things and blah blah blah, but then you're you're, you're avoiding a problem right in front of you, that's not you're not um, paralleled in your values. So we teach them about that, and they love that because we talk about, you know, in politics, is the person do they say what do they do what they said they were going to do, and uh, so that really comes to light. The most popular core value is grit, um, and our students talk about that constantly. Um, our phase two students saying, you know, college is really hard, but my grit keeps me going because I want to achieve this goal. So there are days I don't want to get out of bed. So at least I check my email and work from bed if I'm feeling really down, that they at least know they have to do something. And they know some days are harder than others, but there is going to be a payoff in the end. Right now, you might be going to college, you're doing an internship, you're working at the cafeteria. And somehow you have to sleep and have a social life and, and all those things. That's grit because life isn't always going to be that hard, but you need to do the hard stuff now for the payoff later. Of course, hopefulness, um, you know, don't, there's the opposite, being the opposite of hopelessness, hopeful, you can make these things happen. Let's have a growth and positive mindset and help others while we're doing that because there are so many 
more people who have, you know, a lot of problems and we all have problems, but let's turn, let's channel that into something positive because when we make someone else have them have a little bit of hope in their lives and we help them, it makes us feel better and kind of, you know, um, resets us a little bit. Uh, eagerness, being ready to take the opportunity, being ready to take the opportunity in spite of our challenges, being there for it, being open-minded, having again, that positive um, mindset and then readiness, ready to do it. We're going, we've graduated high school. We're on to the next phase in our lives. There's no turning back. Here we are, welcome to adulthood. So that's each month's core value. And um, they're very exciting because they are positive things that we all, I mean, we can all define them in different ways, but those are the gists of what can success can be for each individual by putting into play each of these values. Absolutely love that. Absolutely love that. Uh, and one last thing that I want to make sure that we talk about, because I feel like this is so stinking important nowadays, um, etiquette. Oh my gosh, I am so thankful for my grandmother beating etiquette into me, um, just in general. But it's something that I feel like most people don't do anymore, uh, or definitely aren't taught anymore. And then there's almost a part of society that says you don't have to anymore. Um, and I think that kind of stems more from the whole, you know, you can be your true authentic self in every aspect, which is yes, absolutely. You should definitely be your authentic self. I am a strong advocate for being unapologetically authentic to who you are, but there's still a point of being, of, of having etiquette. Uh, and I'm kind of talking more in the sense of like at a dinner party or you're out with friends. Um, and it almost kind of goes back to, you know, the social responsibility. If you see a piece of trash on the ground, are you going to pick it up or are you just going to walk around it? I think that also kind of goes into the etiquette of taking care of our surroundings. Um, but how does that go over with the students? Well, etiquette is an interesting one. We, we kind of redefined it in the first year. We were like etiquette, shaking people's hands, uh, being polite. Don't look at your phone when you're talking to someone. We did those. Well, then 2020 has occurred and wow, we found where our deficiencies were with our students and their etiquette. Email etiquette. Yeah. We were virtual for such a long time and I would email our students all kinds of important information and asking them direct questions. No response, crickets. And these are good kids. And I'd say, and I'd have to send a text. Did you get my email? Oh yeah. You need to respond. If I was your boss, you would probably, you know, have a, uh, leave a, a poor taste in their mouth after not responding. So we started the year with email etiquette. You have to respond and this is how you do it. You don't, you don't just say, Hey, get me blah, blah, blah. No, there's a right way to compose an email. Yeah. Um, social media etiquette. Mm. Um, we talked about the consequences, people getting fired over their social media, mm. um, not engaging in fights. If you're having a bad day, don't post on your social media. Um, because again, you, if you have a thousand friends, maybe 500 people saw you, you know, say something really nasty and then you deleted it, but still 500 people have yep. seen on yeah, just because they didn't like, comment, and share on it doesn't mean they didn't see it. 
Yeah, we know social media is full of lurkers. So, mm-hmm. oh yeah. <laughs> so um, we teach them that we um, we have done disability etiquette. We had a speaker come in um, who was visually impaired, and she brought her guide dog. So many people see the dogs out there, and they're like, "Oh, cute! Let me touch your dog," and they're touching the dog, and the dog is working. So. Um, she brought in her dog to school last week and the kids, it was very eye-opening, even for us adults who, you know, we know better, but no, there's so much more we don't know. Yeah. Um, we will be doing business etiquette, business communication etiquette mm-hmm. um, to speak appropriately <laughs> when our boss gives us something, a task, you don't know, say, Ugh, I don't want to do that or engaging in gossip in the workplace. Mm-hmm. No, no. Again, these are things young people haven't experienced yet. Um, then we end the year, we will be doing dining etiquette, uh, we'll be going to a restaurant and learning, you know, what, how you use your silverware and which bread plate is yours and cup and thing, things like that. Um, and then our final etiquette is agreeing to disagree, mm. how appropriately zip it, <laughs> which is a fun one. I mean, how many people have lost friendships at least in like, you know, this past year because of not being able to walk away and not yeah. knowing what to discuss and you know what's kind of taboo we don't talk about things like that in yeah. this company sometimes yeah oh my gosh no and that agree to disagree comes up in so many different situations um and in fact i'll actually be releasing a youtube video on an area that we had to agree to disagree and I ended up leaving something that I had been a part of nearly my entire life just because we couldn't agree anymore um so, <laughs> sorry my my uh <laughs> my cat <laughs> wants in on the conversation I love it no it's one of I hey it's unapologetically authentic kitty's over here just like yep I'm I'm here now <laughs> anybody that is listening to this podcast Hillary Scott just popped up and is on the on screen is just is saying hello and checking things out and if you've got a cat you know exactly what's happening right now if you don't have a cat um well you've seen it on zoom I'm sure yeah. <laughs> for sure so but Hillary what's one last piece of advice that you would love to give the listeners um that are either learning how to have etiquette, learning how to critical think or to create their core values or to really just move forward in their life. Um, We've got a good amount of younger entrepreneurs that listen to this podcast, um, ranging anywhere between 18 to 24. And then we've got even a group of older, um, I don't want to say older, anybody that's, you're not old if you're between the ages of a 30 and 40, but that's another big group. Um, that also listens to this podcast as well. Um, but what's one last piece of advice you'd love to li- to leave the, the the listeners, not the viewers? I keep going and doing Facebook Live, so I keep saying viewers and like you're watching me. And it's like comment down below. You can't do that on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, my number one piece of advice is, I don't know is the most powerful statement. Mm-hmm. Don't know. Asking for help when you need it. Being a self advocate. I can't read your mind. And no doesn't end the world. If someone tells you no, it's okay. There's other ways to do it, or it's just not right now. And when you, you know, continuously ask the questions when you don't know something or you need help, that's what can move mountains for you. Speaking up, um, you know, I think a lot of the grief in the world is because people fear the unknown 
And it's just easier to not learn something new, mm. easier to be the, I know it all. I, I'm not going to ask, you know, but I share with my students that, you know, I was in a meeting with my bosses and my one boss used a word that I didn't know what it was. And it was a common word. I can't even remember what the word is. So don't put me on like a game show asking whatever this word was, but I had, I could have sat there and been like, mm-hmm, okay, great. And, but I would have been stuck and obsessing on what does that mean? And, and I would have lost the rest of the conversation. So instead I said, Hey, what does that mean again? And I think it, it does make us, it, it helps us be, remain authentic and it shares this vulnerability with people because nobody is born with all the knowledge and it's okay to ask for help and people like to help you. Um, seek out having a mentor. I know that's a popular buzzword mentor and um, everybody has some sort of mentorship programs or wants to do that, but a mentor doesn't have to be a formal relationship. Um, I'm 37 years old and I have a mentor, a person I actually have never met in person. She's in Virginia and I, I'm part of an online community of other executive directors for nonprofits. And basically I made like this little dating ad for a mentor. I said, I like cats, I'm kind of crazy with uh, my style. I work with at-risk kids and I need a mentor. I need somebody to uh, help me. And we meet on the phone once a month and it is one of my favorite days of the month because I have someone who cares and who has wisdom and helps me and validates things for me. And it's so, it, it's just a, a gift that this person who doesn't even know me does. So always ask questions when you don't know, being honest and, and seeking out a mentor. And a mentor, again, someone that may have a role that you would like to aspire to be one day, um, or maybe there's just something really neat about them and you learn something every time you engage with them make it a mentor role, look, ask them to coffee, ask them questions. And that's how you grow and develop and become that person you, you see from afar and admire. Absolutely love that. Yeah. And definitely go find a mentor. Um, if you're looking for a mentor, I am a mentor, um, but I'm not saying you have to come join the Today's Day community if you're listening to this podcast, um, but it's a great place to start. Um, but having a mentor, I mean, like I have my own mentor, I shoot, I probably have several mentors, um, both formally and non-formally. And it has been one of the most impactful things in my life. And then that, and I want to just speak to this really quickly, the whole, I don't know response, let me go find out, or I don't know, let me ask a question is going to level up your integrity and level up your character perception um, from other people's perception on a rapid, rapid basis. When you can admit, I don't know, let me go find out and you're willing to go find the answer versus say, I don't know, so it's whatever, or I don't know, so I'm just not going to ever know. But you say that I don't know and let me go find out, or I don't know, can you clarify this for me? That is a huge mass. Like when I hear that from like my employees or I hear that from my um, team members or I hear that from my clients, like my respect goes up for them tenfold every single time. Uh, it's one of those powerful, mature moves to say, I don't know, but I'm willing to go find out or are you willing to help me find out? 
Um, so I absolutely love that. Hillary, thank you so much for coming on. Y'all, Hillary's information is going to be linked in the description down below. You can get connected to her. Um, I'm sure there's a way that she can also probably show up and support for her nonprofit if that is something that she want to do. Um, but we will see y'all on the next podcast. Make sure to smash that subscribe button, leave a five-star review wherever you're listening to this podcast, and we'll see y'all next time. Hi, thank you.